You want to achieve great things? You want to reach the next level? Well, so does every other entrepreneur. You know what that means? You have to take every competitive advantage possible. Welcome to Let's Talk Business, the show where we're going to show you how to create this competitive advantage by being more productive and sharing the secrets of the world's top performers. I'm your host, Kenny Aronson, and I think it's time to get down to business. All right, everyone, and without any further ado, I would like to introduce my new friend, Ricky, to the Da Vinci Mindset Podcast. Hey, Ricky, how are you doing today? I am doing amazing. It was a joy and a pleasure to have you on my podcast, and now it's cool to switch the tables around, and now I'm the guest. You're the host. Thanks so much for having me on your show, Kenneth. Yes, thank you, Ricky. It was, it was, a, it was a real pleasure to have you on, and you know, it was a pleasure to be on your show as well, and I, and I look forward to talking with you more in the future. So, you know, I think that having a digital nomad life with everything that you're doing is amazing. And it's something that, you know, I definitely want to do because one of my goals for this year is, you know, me and my girlfriend, what we want to do is we want to make it to Hawaii and then live and work there for a few months and just travel around. So that's definitely something that I'm interested in learning about. So, you know, for, for where we start this episode of the podcast, you know, why don't you start off by telling me a little bit about yourself, you know, what you're doing and, you know, what are your goals for this this whole huge world and this amazing life that we live? Yeah, absolutely, Kenneth. Happy to share that. So um, I'm from Vancouver, BC, Canada. Uh, so just north of you over there in the U.S. And uh, I, I was born there, raised there, uh, grew up there, uh, went to university there, met my lovely wife Anne there. Then we had a three wonderful kids there, Rianne, Ryan, Renzo, who are now six, four, and two. And um, around the time when I was having my third kid, that's when I started feeling this uh, sense of discontentment, like uh, frustration, um, confusion, depression about is there all this to life? Living in a suburb, uh, living the American dream, but what if the American dream wasn't my dream? My dream was to see the world and show our kids the world and to explore and have adventure. So I, I had to come to that realization mentally in the mind that the American dream wasn't my dream. And then we decided to follow our own dreams which is to show the kids this amazing world. So we uh, ended up selling a lot of her stuff and uh, we set on the road on December 6, 2016, which is around two years ago. And we've been traveling nomadically uh, for the last two years. Uh, I personally have been to 81 countries on six continents now. And you asked me about goals. One of our big goals as a family to be the first family in human history to visit every single country in the world. So for those of your listeners who don't know, there's actually 193 different United Nations member states, 193. Uh, and you can create a little mnemonic of how to remember the 193. Uh, but uh, uh, I, I've been to 81 of them, so still, still obviously over 100 uh, countries left to go. And uh, currently, uh, as I do this interview, I'm actually in uh, Manila, Philippines, so uh, nowhere near my hometown of Vancouver. And uh, yeah, we're really enjoying it. I work online. I do uh, private coaching online courses. I do Kindle books. I do uh, virtual summits. Of course, travel blogging, I'm known as the daddy blogger, daddyblogger.com. Podcasts are just like you, Kenneth. And uh, I also do speaking. I have a TEDx talk coming up in just two weeks from now, I'll be doing a TEDx talk. And I do speaking, workshops, seminars as I travel as well. So lots of different resources to support people in becoming a digital nomad. And I love uh, talking about the topic. So honored to discuss it further with you, Kenneth. Thank you for that wonderful answer, Ricky. I think, yeah, you know, traveling is amazing. And I really like what you said about the... The American dream because that's not everyone's dream I think for people to be happy it's important to really follow what you want 
And, you know, I think one of the worst possible things is living with regret as you get older. And, you know, you know, personally, that's definitely something that, that I do not want to do. But, you know, for, for people who are just getting into the digital nomad life, so they want to build businesses and travel and see the world, what do you think is one of the biggest misconceptions that's typically out there about being a digital nomad? Yeah, there are a lot of misconceptions with travel generally, but uh, in terms of the digital nomad lifestyle, people think that travel is expensive. So they're like, okay, I can't travel. I wish you could travel, but it's too expensive. I can't afford it. Oh, I'll put it in my bucket list. I'll do it one day. I'll do it someday. But remember, tomorrow never comes. Someday never comes, right? So it's just a figment of our imagination. So the key here is making the decision to travel, right? To, you know, connect to your whole mindset shift, right? So we got to make a decision and we got to prioritize travel. Um, so that might mean cutting back on dinners out, movies out. It might mean cutting back on the Starbucks, right? Because the Starbucks alone over the course of a year is going to be hundreds and hundreds of dollars if you're drinking uh, one latte a day, right? They call it the latte factor. So cutting back on ex expenses. Uh, maybe you might want to sell some of the stuff you own, like if you own bigger stuff like house, car, furniture. Or even for me, the hardest thing for me to sell was my books. I'm a big book where I have like 500 books and Oh man, oh man, it was hard to let go of those books. But for me, again, priority, the priority of travel was greater than my priority to have books that were just sitting on the shelf collecting dust. And now other people are reading those books and I can always buy those books. I can go, uh, go to Amazon and get the books delivered, you know, sometimes even in the same day, same week, right? If I really need those books again. Um, so it was really prioritization, shifting the mind, shifting our behavior, shifting our spending patterns. Uh, and then of course, making income online. So, um, a lot of people don't know where to start when it comes to making income online. So you got to figure out what are your passions, what are your interests? Because the thing is, when you Google like making money online, you'll get literally millions and millions of different websites, right? So you got to figure out what are you passionate about? And you know, Kenneth, you've done a great job creating your own business. Like you're passionate about the mind and you create a whole business just on helping people improve their mind, uh, the Da Vinci system training, right? So. I would say do what Kevin's done, do what I've done. Like for me, one of my big passions is fathered marriage family. So I created a whole business around helping dads because there aren't many resources for us dads. Um, there's more resources for moms. So there's a, you know, a market that is much needed resources in. So I would say figure out your passion and then monetizing the passion through different products, maybe courses or books or coaching, training, uh, speaking, workshops, etc. cetera. Uh, some other misconceptions are, a lot of people who are digital nomads, they'll share the good stuff. So they'll share pictures of them in Bali. They'll share pictures of them in Thailand, uh, enjoying um, the amazing monuments of the world, like the Taj Mahal, the Great Wall of China, Machu Picchu. But they won't share, share the reality of the struggles when you're traveling. You're going to struggle, uh, you know, financially. Um, because if you don't have a stable, secure job and you're working as an entrepreneur, there'll be ups and downs. It's a typical business entrepreneur journey, financial ups and downs. So you'll struggle financially. Um, you'll, you'll struggle emotionally because there'll be feelings of loneliness, uh, lack of community, homesickness, uh, frustration with the new culture, frustrations with the languages, um, and even things like travel burnout. Yeah, you'll get uh, exhausted. You'll feel like, I just want to sleep in the same bed every day. <laughs> Instead of staying in different hostels or dormitories or having people snoring, coming in drunk in the middle of the night, etc. So the misconceptions are in terms of it's all positive. Life is never going to be all positive. You're going to have ups and downs, ups and downs. So same with the digital nomad journey. It's going to have similar and different ups and downs than the suburban journey, right? So just remember that. 
you will have challenges, difficulties. Uh, so don't believe the Instagram hype. <laughs> yeah, that, that totally makes sense. And, you know, with, with a lot of social media, I think it's done a lot of good for the world. But it's also painted a picture that sometimes reality is better than it actually is. Because, you know, even if you're a digital nomad or you're working a nine to five, you're an entrepreneur, you're a professional, you're a teacher, there's always going to be ups and downs. It's never just like a whole ride all the way up. Life is a journey and, you know, it's all about doing these things. But I know that for a lot of listeners out there, you might be used to, you know, the idea that you got to work a nine to five, you got to climb the corporate ladder. But we can see that, you know, with how widespread entrepreneurship is coming and the ability to be a digital nomad is, you know, sometimes that's not the best case. Sometimes you got to do what's right for you. And for, for a lot of people out there, maybe traveling and seeing the world is better for you. Because, you know, some people I'll hear them say, oh, I'm going to wait till I retire to travel. You know, you might not have that luxury. You don't know what the world's going to be like then. And then, you know, you, you might waste that time. If you want to travel, you got to figure out how to do it. So for those out there who might be stuck in a, into a job they don't like, Ricky, how do you think that they could start transitioning to becoming a digital nomad? What do you think are the, the best things to do at the start? Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I wanted to mention one last misconception, the misconception that we're only traveling all the time. It's like a lifelong permanent vacation. It's not, it's not like when you think of like a vacation where you're working like a regular nine to five job, 52 weeks a year or 50 weeks a year. And you have like a, maybe a two week getaway and you're going to Hawaii. When you go to Hawaii for two weeks, you're just enjoying it. You're just enjoying the beach. You might be going to the beach, uh, you know, like uh, going sightseeing, uh, doing just like a massage, stuff like that. Well, when you're a digital nomad, you're actually working. Sometimes mm -hmm. you're working harder than you're in your suburb back home. Like for me, I work like 30, 40 hours. I'll work even longer sometimes. Like um, there'll be days when I don't leave the Airbnb. Uh, there'll be days when I have to work at the internet cafe. There'll be days when I don't see the things I wanted to see just because I have to work. Otherwise, I'll run out of money and have to go home and live with my parents. And I don't want to do that. I don't want to run out of money to live with my parents, right? So that's the, the misconception. Um, so in terms of starting, um, so if you are working in a traditional job, I would recommend something called the side hustle, um, you know, hashtag side hustle. So basically a side hustle is you're working um, in whatever you're doing and you're building the income on the side. And uh, you start small with like whatever, whatever like one project is. It might be your first online course. It might be doing social media marketing or management. It might be teaching English online. It might be doing something like a graphic design or website design. It might be getting into coaching and consulting, like being a life coach. Um, so I would say start with one thing and uh, build that up. And there's, there's, there's this thing about focus, follow one course until successful. So you focus on one thing. And if you find it's becoming successful in terms of a few things, firstly, firstly are people interested in it, right? If you're doing something and you don't see any interest, no one's following you, no one's really engaging with you, maybe it's time to drop that thing because there's just no marketplace for it, right? So you got to test the marketplace, see if it's working. And if, if it isn't working, drop it, do something else. But if it is working and you do see engagement, you do see, you do, you do see responses and uh, people saying, oh, this is great, I want to learn more, right? Then you know that you have a viable, uh, they call it the MVP, a minimal viable product, right? So you can see that there's potential. And if you see that potential happening, then go down strong and focus on that more. And remember, business is all about failure in terms of leading to success. You gotta fail small, and you gotta fail fast, and you gotta fail forward. You don't fail big, you don't fail small, uh, you don't fail big, and you don't fail slow, 
uh, and you don't, you don't feel backwards, right? So it's really key, those uh, quick, small, forward-based failures. That's another uh, thing I highly recommend. Focus on failure. <laughs> I mean, not in terms of like, I'm going to do this to fail, but focus on um, the benefits of failure, right? So, like, focus on success, I mean, but, but focus on, like, the fact <laughs> that you might, you might fail, and I have failed. I've done a lot of businesses where I've just failed miserably. Um, I ha I've put in a lot of time, effort, energy, and haven't got the financial results that I wanted, and I've learned. I've learned what I shouldn't have done, what I did wrong, and what I'll do different in the future, and that's led me to businesses that are successful. So, um, side hustle, um, learning from your failures, and the other key thing I would recommend is uh, the power of five. You're you're going to be surrounded by the five people you're going to be most like. So if you're hanging out with people who are suburban thinking, if people are just thinking, oh, you know, I'm going to buy a house, I'm going to buy a, uh, a car, I'm looking for the latest tech gadgets, I'm like looking to get married, have kids, and um, maybe retire, like you said, probably when you retire, that's how you're going to think too, right? But if you start to think like a digital nomad and like, oh, I can work everywhere. I can raise my kids while we're traveling, right? So surround yourself with like-minded people. Join different Facebook groups, um, you know, listen to podcasts such as mine, the Digital Nomad Mastery Podcast, uh, go to seminars and workshops and just surround yourself with that, uh, the similar-minded people. Join a mastermind group and uh, ask people who are living the lifestyle that you want uh, questions on how to get there because uh, the best way to know the road ahead is ask those who have already been it. So those are some tips on how to get started. Okay, yeah, that totally makes a lot of sense. I, I really do like what you said about failing forward because, you know, it, it starts with your overall vision. So, you know, overall, you're going to get your success. But every step along the way, you know, every step isn't going to be a success. So you're failing forward as long as you're inching forward. And the important thing is those fail failures you know, you got to always be learning from those. And that's what the Da Vinci Mindset podcast is, is all about is, you know, yeah, yeah. It's about better understanding your brain and how to use it. That's the central theme, but it's also about learning and growth. And specifically, like if you're becoming a, an entrepreneur or a digital nomad, you really need to learn from your mistakes. And that's very important. So, you know, Ricky, for those people who are, who are really looking to learn and grow and, you know, become better people. Do you think that becoming a digital nomad is a good idea for them? Absolutely. Um, so travel has so much to teach us, right? So um, you, you talk a lot about training your brain and your mind. Well, if you're living in a suburb and you're going the same direction to work every day, uh, doing the same things, you're, you're programming your mind to think, think a certain way. Well, you got to break that, uh, the pattern, right? By maybe even traveling in your own hometown. If you're taking a normal way every day to work or business or school, or to university, college, take a different route because you'll be amazed what happens. When you take a different route, you'll notice different marketing, you'll notice different advertising, you'll notice street names, you'll notice stores that you never thought of. You'll think of ideas, you'll see people that you'll never imagine you'll see. So even that shift of taking a different route will change your brain. Uh, so now when it comes to travel, you're not just taking a different street. You're not just traveling in your own city. You're traveling in not just your own country. You're not even traveling in your own continent. Uh, there's seven different continents. There's 193 countries, right? And not everyone thinks the same. Uh, you know, like you and me, uh, Canadians, Americans, we might think similarly, but there are differences. Canadians, Americans, right? We have this amical friendship, obviously. Uh, but if you, if you go to Europe, European mindset different. Asia, totally different. Africa, 
even more different. South America, Latino mindset, different, right? So even the difference between Western thinking and the Western brain patterns and the Eastern developing brain patterns is so different. Like here, I mean, the Philippines is actually a third world country, uh, developing country, and it's very different than the Canada I'm used to. In Canada, people complain about bills, mortgage. Um, you know, they complain about the coffee's cold. Here they complain, they don't complain. They're just grateful that they have coffee. They're grateful they have food. They're grateful they have water. They're grateful for family unit. So we can learn so much from uh, countries that are different than ours. Like for example, North America, we have materialistic wealth, but our family unit is in turmoil. It's in chaos. It's a 50% divorce rate. We live in a fatherless generation. There's gun, gun violence. There's like um, huge issues, right? Here, here in Asia, the family unit is so strong, so solid. They might be not strong financially, but what's more important, financial strength or family strength, relational strength? So I've learned so much from coming here about the power of the family unit, the power of the community, and I can take back those lessons no matter where I go in the world and apply them to myself, to my work, uh, to, to, to the communities that I end up going to, right? So travel can teach us so much. It changes us from the inside out. It changes our view of others. I mean, the media, the media tells us, don't go to certain parts of the world. It's dangerous, you know? I've gone to the Middle East. The Muslims are some of the friendliest, kindness, most hospitable people you'll ever meet. What will the media tell you? Muslims are terrorists, they're dangerous, you know? Um, so don't believe the media, create your own media. And that's why I'm a blogger, a podcaster, YouTuber, right? Because I feel it's my duty, obligation, responsibility to teach what's true as opposed to what, uh, what is really false. Uh, one of the falsities of uh, what you'll hear is the world's dangerous. It's not safe to go to places. Well, I've gone to Brazil, I've gone to South Africa, I've gone to slums in Calcutta, and the world is safe, and the people are kind, and the people are loving. So, And travel is really the only way you can learn that. You can learn about things in a classroom, or from a school, or from a teacher. But when you go floating down the Amazon River, when you go walking around Machu Picchu and see the Inca ruins, when you do an animal safari and you see animals in the wild, the way God intended them to be, not just in a zoo, <laughs> you'll be amazed and blown away. And uh, it will change you on a deep, inner Mind level, heart level, soul, spirit level, and your life will never, ever be the same. I really love that. I, I particularly, you know, really resonate with what you said about becoming your own media company, kind of, because there's so much, especially in the United States over here, there's so much propaganda and fear. And, you know, you got to realize, you got to break through the barrier and realize, oh, most of this crap isn't real. And so, you know, you got you to gotta learn for yourself. And I think one of the worst things for the human brain is to go onto autopilot is to, you know, be in the same location for every single day, be in the same job every single day, think about the same things every single day. And one great thing is to break that pattern, to see new locations, to see new cultures. It really allows, to, it really helps to keep your brain healthy and to keep your, and keep yourself learning and growing as a person. So, you know, that's definitely something that, you know, I personally, personally need to do more of, and you know, it's something that I'm working on doing. Because one of my plans is to get to Hawaii. That's a place I want to live at and work at for a while because, you know, it's somewhere I want to go. And there's so many cool places in the world because, yeah, like you just said, you can learn about it in a textbook and you can hear about it and be bored in class or you can go there. You know, personally, I want to go there. I want to meet the people there. I want to see the culture firsthand. 
because that's going to make a much longer lasting impression on you. You're going to learn so much more. And I think it's great. But, you know, I think there's so much potential knowledge and things and skills that you can get from traveling. So Ricky, do you have any advice for how to get more out of how to, how to learn more from your travels? Yes, I do definitely have great advice around that as well. So when you're traveling, it's very important to fit into the local culture. You'll see a tourist and you'll, you'll, you won't notice the traveler. So the tourists, you'll notice them immediately. They'll be the ones with the, the flowery Hawaiian shirt, the really tacky, the, maybe the, the cap. They'll have the, the big SLR camera. They might have one of those old school maps. They'll be talking. You know, that's a stereotype, right? They'll be, be talking loud and like being really obnoxious. But the traveler, you won't actually know they're a traveler. They'll fit in. They'll blend. They'll connect. They'll be respectful. They'll learn the language. They'll dress like the locals dress. They'll learn the language. So that would be my biggest suggestion is like fit in. Don't be a tourist. Be a traveler. So a traveler always focus on uh, connecting with the locals. They, could, they focus on they focus on like how can you integrate into the culture. Um, so some tips around that. Uh, definitely learn the language, especially if you're going to a place like Central South America. Well, hey, you know, outside of North America, Canada, maybe Australia, New Zealand, most uh, England, uh, Scotland, Wales, most of the world doesn't speak English. You know, most of the world is speaking Latin, you know, Spanish in Central and South America, Chinese in like, you know, a big part of Asia, Hindi in uh, India. Uh, you got all the other languages like French and Spanish and German and Russian and Arabic, right? So most of the world does not speak English, even though English is kind of the global language. But when you're going to China, it's very hard. I've been to China to about 20 provinces. It's very hard to travel with just English in China. You got to learn the basics. You got to learn like uh, directions. You got to learn the food items. You got to learn, of course, the basics like hello, thank you, goodbye. Um, where's the washroom? Um, where's the train station bus, etc. So learn the language, connect with the locals. A few tips around connecting with the locals. Meetup.com. Um, so there's meetup.com, which is already available around the world. You just go to meetup.com and you, if you're going to a place like Sydney, Australia, or Cape Town, South Africa, or Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, you just type in that word and you type in your interest. It might be hiking, it might be, um, um, you know, like uh, learning languages, it might be a, a hobby, cooking. Uh, so whatever hobby or interest you have, other people will be meeting up around that hobby in different parts of the world. So as I travel, I go to different meetups and I meet different people. So meetup.com is a great way. Um, if you're into like public speaking and um, uh, like that kind of thing, Toastmasters is a global organization. So you, if you're a religious community, there's different churches or mosques or temples around the world, right? You can uh, connect to different faith communities. Um, there's also different expat groups. So it's one thing to meet the locals, like in terms of local locals, but also you can connect with other expats because the expats and the locals will give you different perspectives of the same country. Uh, so I go to expat meetups when I travel as well. Um, so those are some of my tips for integrating into the culture while you're traveling. Okay, cool. So I, I really like what you said about, you know, learning the language because the ability to learn a language is extremely beneficial for your brain. So Ricky, do you have any tips for, you know, how to learn languages, you know, at a, at a faster pace or be more effective with it? Yeah, I do. I mean, I've been learning languages for the last like 10 plus years. I mean, I'm Canadian, so I know English and French. Uh, then I, I've been learning Spanish as I've been traveling around uh, Latin America. I learned Japanese when I lived in Japan. Um, when I learned, you know, like 
traveled China, I learned a little bit of Mandarin. And then here in the Philippines, I'm learning Tagalog. So a few tips for learning languages. Firstly is uh, the best way to learn languages is all obviously immersion. So you got to figure out how you can immerse yourself in the, in the language. Firstly, uh, you can go live, work, do homestays. We do homestays when we travel. So as we travel to like Central South America, we did homestays in like Colombia and Nicaragua, Costa Rica. Uh, when, we're, when we're traveling to non-English speaking countries, we'll focus on a homestay where you really get to meet the local family. You'll not just learn a language, but you'll learn how the family operates. Like what's the role of the dad? What's the role of the mom? How are they parenting the kids? What's their day-to-day -day life like? You learn all these things. You wouldn't learn if you're staying in a hotel or hostel or Airbnb. When you're staying in a homestay, you'll see how the local family lives, operates, um, and functions. So homestays uh, definitely are a good way of doing the immersion. Um, and also like uh, surrounding yourself with the, the language you're learning. For example, watching movies in a language, watching TV shows in a language, listening to music in a language, reading newspapers or magazines or books in a language, even if it's like kids' books. Uh, if you want to learn Spanish, read a Spanish kids' book because it'll be very basic elementary level Spanish, like beginner level, and you'll be able to uh, read that Spanish book much easier. Um, the final tip of uh, advice in terms of learning language uh, I would recommend uh, learning one-on-one with a private tutor online. Uh, the beauty of the day and age we live in is we can connect online, just like what we're doing, Kenneth. Um, we're doing a Zoom call. I learned Spanish and Mandarin and Tagalog 100% online. I haven't even met most of my teachers, and I, I do it digitally. Um, there's some great companies that teach languages. Uh, one's called Baselang, baselang.com. There's another one called Ripe, uh, R-Y-P-E, um, you know, there's a few other ones as well, like italki. Uh, and there's also language exchanges. So if you can't afford to pay for lessons, like privately or in a school or a cultural center, you can just do a language exchange. So you teach them English for an hour or 30 minutes, and they teach you French, German, Spanish for an hour or 30 minutes. So those are my top tips for learning a language, Kenneth. Okay, thank you so much for those tips. I think those are great. And, you know, as I travel, you know, learning more languages is definitely something that is on my list to do. And, you know, you know, speaking of traveling and, you know, we've talked a lot about how to how to get the most out of these trips. But, you know, what I want to know from you, Ricky, is if, if I'm looking to learn and grow, you know, learn new skills, what places would you recommend me to visit from the places that you've seen or heard about so far? Yeah. So you got to develop your travel muscle, right? Like just like how you're teaching people to develop the brain muscle or the mind muscle or like, you know, in the gym, you would develop your physical muscle. Same thing with your travel muscle. So if you haven't traveled a lot, you might want to travel to easier English speaking countries first, especially if you're from an English speaking country, right? So if you're from uh, Canada, US, go to other English speaking parts of the world. If you don't feel comfortable, like just throwing yourself in the deep end and learning Mandarin. So you might want to like uh, go to like England, uh, Scotland, Ireland, Wales, Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, Singapore, Malaysia, Philippines. So all of these uh, countries like our former British or American colonies, right? So it's easier to just get by with just English, right? But if you're going to like places that are a little bit harder, remember, um, you're going to have to learn the language, right? So if you are a total rookie, like you never left the country type of traveler, I would recommend an easier place. Um, and also you've got to consider the cost variable, right? So if you're traveling on a budget, uh, if you go to Europe, you're going to be spending a lot of money. If you're going to Australia, New Zealand, you're going to be spending a lot of money. Canada, the US, expensive countries, right? So if you're on a budget, uh, go to places like Southeast Asia, uh, the whole like Thailand, Laos, Vietnam, Cambodia, um, Indonesia, Philippines is quite cheap. 
Malaysia, Singapore is a little bit expensive, and so is uh, Japan, Korea. Uh, China, India are cheap except for the capitals like Beijing, Shanghai, Hong Kong, Macau, those are expensive, but the provincial areas are more cheap, uh, are cheaper. So uh, you got to consider the how easy it is for you to, uh, you know, integrate. So of course the language will be very uh, variable and of course um, the costs, right? So if you're on a budget, go to like Southeast Asia, Central South America, Africa are the cheaper parts of the world, more expensive parts of the world, North America, Europe, and then Oceania, Australia, New Zealand. Um, and then you've got to consider what kind of traveler you are. So do you like sightseeing? Do you like history or culture? Do you like beaches? Um, do you like uh, adventure sports, right? If you like adventure sports, go to a place like New Zealand. They invented like the bungee jump. You can go, I actually did this. I went to New Zealand, Queenstown. I did the world's first bungee jump. Uh, and I got to do that there. I got to do a skydive there. So New Zealand is the adventure capital of the world. Um, if you're into history and culture, Europe, right? History, the, uh, history and culture is really formed from Europe and they spread into America and Canada and into like Africa, and South America, right? Into Asia. Of course, Asia has uh, even a deeper history, right? Uh, with places like China, India, and the Middle East, right? The dawn of like the civilization, Mesopotamia, Babylon. Um, so what kind of traveler are you? If you're into beaches and Hawaii, great, right? Uh, Thailand, great. Uh, Bali, great. Um, you know, the Caribbean, great for beaches. The Bahamas. Um, if you're into like uh, other, other, like you got to figure out like what are you traveling for? That's something you got to consider too. Like why are you traveling? What do you want to learn? What do you want to gain? What do you want to improve your ability on? History and culture, go Europe, right? Uh, or Asia. Um, if you want to improve, like get better at surfing, or if you want to go scuba diving, go to the Great Barrier Reef in Australia, or go to Belize. Uh, that they have amazing uh, reef, right? Learning snorkeling, scuba diving. Uh, so if you want to do like more hiking and trekking, go to Himalayas. Uh, uh, if you want to do hiking and trekking, go to like uh, Machu Picchu and uh, do the Inca Trail. So there's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot uh, in terms of the world, and I can go on and on, right? I'm so passionate about this topic. So that's. Uh, a little bit to get your traveler's feet wet in terms of what you can see and do around the world. Okay, yeah, I, I, I love that. And, you know, it's always important to, to think about what's going to work best for you because, you know, one person on this hand versus the, the other person on that hand, they're not going to like the same thing. So you just need to do a little bit of self-digging about what's going to work for you and, you know, how are you going to get there? Like, is it going to cost too much? And I think that part, part of being a digital nomad that's important is understanding how to make money online. And for, for most people out there, you know, especially if they're, they're getting started, you know, they might have trouble. So how important do you think the ability to, to learn quickly or think, or think creatively is important to be able to make money online? Very, very, very important, right? So um, a lot of people try to make money online and they fail miserably and they're like, ah, oh, that internet thing's not for me. Well, the internet thing is the way of the future in terms of making money, right? So if you're not doing it, you're either spending money on the internet or you will be spending the money on the internet or you'll be the one making the money on the internet, right? So it's better to be the producer or rather than the consumer, right? So um, like I said before, like, you know, you, you fail, 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 then you start succeeding and then focus on what's succeeding, right? So with internet marketing, like there's so many different areas of internet marketing. So there's the coaching consulting area. There's like the digital services the digital products and then there's like the physical products uh if you're wanting to sell physical products online that's a whole area of e-commerce uh, with e-commerce you can sell on things like amazon shopify ebay 
Alibaba, Etsy, right? That's uh, the whole area of like uh, digital products, associated physical products, uh, selling digitally online. And then there's the whole like uh, digital products and digital services. So digital service would be things like uh, coaching, consulting, website design, graphic design, logo design, like ESL teaching or language teaching. Um, then there's uh, the whole freelancing, doing like things like admin accounting. Then there's like actual digital products. So those would be things like uh, online courses, uh, books on Kindle, uh, Kindle Direct Publishing. Um, there's membership sites, uh, training systems like the one you have, right? So uh, you got to figure out what interests you. Is it uh, selling physical products? Is it selling digital products? Is it doing digital services? Um, so, so in terms of the creative, creativity side, like you got to figure out things like your unique selling proposition. Like what makes you unique and different than all the other people doing what you're doing? Um, so the, the fact that you're doing it makes it unique. And uh, there's a great book by Simon Sinek, Star with Why. So focus on the why, like why are you doing it? And not just what you're doing, but why you're doing it. Um, and then start with why. Um, and learning from mentors uh, is key as well. Like for me, when I've learned to do something, I've always had a mentor. Like for example, I learned blogging from John Chow. John Chow, Yara Sterek. These, these guys were mentors who taught me how to be a successful blogger. That's why I have daddyblogger.com, successful blog. When I learned podcasting, I learned from like John Lee Dumas and Pat Flynn. So I learned how to be successful bloggers from the gurus, right, of the blogging. Or even if it's not the gurus, it might be just a podcaster who's a little bit further along who you want to learn from. If you want to learn social media, learn from like Gary Vaynerchuk, right? If you learn about personal branding and standing out, learn from Seth Godin. He talks about uh, being the purple cow. So how can you be the purple cow? How can you stand out from all the other black and white cows, right? Read the book by Seth Godin, um, you know, Purple Cow. Uh, how to stand out, how to differentiate yourself, how to be unique. Um, the other key I would say with internet marketing is be that authority, be the go-to expert, be the trusted advisor. Um, because there are a lot of people who are gurus or, or they call themselves experts, but how do you actually become the expert? It's usually third-party validation. So for example, if you become a TEDx speaker, Automatic authority, automatic go-to expert status. If you can become an Amazon bestseller. So those are like third party, like Amazon, TEDx, uh, that ranks you as a authority. Not just, I'm authority on this subject, right? So uh, I would suggest trying to, uh, attempting to become an authority through third party validation. And when you're training and coaching people, your clients will be the best indicator of authority if you get results it's one thing for you to have results it's it's a whole other thing when you can train others to have results and it's a provable verifiable measurable result they'll be like because of kenneth because of ricky because of joe because of susan i am now also a digital nomad i'm now also a brain expert i'm now also a, a fit and healthy person right so uh, get those testimonies and get that uh validation and share that share that in video form share that in testimony form that written form. Write a book, right? When you write a book, that, that positions you as expert, uh, the go-to authority. Get on the TEDx stage, that positions you as expert in the speaking industry. No matter what uh, thing you're speaking on, no matter what thing you're training on, write the book, become the speaker, uh, create the blog, the podcast, the YouTube channel, and you will be that purple cow we talked about. <laughs> okay, perfect. I think that is definitely a perfect answer. And, you know, as Ricky was talking about, you know, all of this, it's a huge learning process. It sounds like a lot, but what you can really do to make it easier is you can learn by examples. So 
find the mentors who are going to teach you what you need to learn. And then if you can understand how you learn faster, you can keep growing faster and faster. And, you know, you improve your odds of success. And maybe, just maybe, you can cut down on the, on the time that it takes to get to that point. But, you know, what you talked about mentors where you learned how to do blogging and podcasting, do you have any suggestions on where we might be able to find these mentors? Yeah, uh, so um, you can get the mentors um, through different podcasts, through different blogs, through different websites, different social media groups. Uh, mentors are not necessarily someone who's coming to your house and they're going to like guide you every day. They might be in your ear, in your earbuds, right? So like uh, when you're listening to podcasts, that's mentorship, that's guidance. So when you're driving your car, instead of just listening to music, listen to a podcast and make your car a university on wheels. Um, so I would say mentorship isn't the traditional mentorship you think about when it's like someone sitting with you at a coffee shop and like uh, talking to you. You can get that kind of mentor still too, right? But uh, uh, get that kind of like a mentorship from books. I mean, uh, leaders are readers as they say, right? So like the best business leaders are the, the strongest readers, right? Get yourself some books. Um, you know, great business books. Think You Grow Rich, it's a classic. Uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad, another classic. I love the whole, I, I've already mentioned Simon Sinek. He's not paying me to say this, but start with why. It's really foundational to what I do. Purpose of life, if you're really trying to figure out the, the why, why am I here? Those kind of deeper questions. Purpose of life is a great book as well. Uh, if you're trying to like figure out uh, what to do, there's Strength Finder. There's a whole bunch of personality identity assessments. So Strength Finder by Tim Roth is a great one. What Color Is My Parachute is a great one to figure out what your uh, job or calling or business is. Uh, Hello? Oh, no. I think it just cut off. The yeah, yeah. See, there's the Myers-Briggs, the MBTI personality indicator. There's the Pro-D. There's a true color, so your, your color type. So that will really help you understand who you are deeper. And really, at the end of the day, you want to get from a place of who you are is what you do. There's no separation. It's an like equal sign. Who you are is, is what, what I do, right? So it's like this um, authenticity. You're, you're living, working, and being from a place of authenticity. So hopefully those assessment tools will help you guys figure out what you're calling and purpose and mission here on the world is. Okay, yeah, I think that is, you know, definitely very helpful. There's a whole bunch of tools that, you know, I had never heard of before and I'm definitely going to check them out. And for the listeners out there, I think it'll be very, very helpful as well. And Ricky, I do appreciate you coming on the show today. And, you know, I don't want to take up all your time throughout the day. So one thing that I like to do for my podcast is I usually end the, the interviews with a, a set question. So if you could only leave the audience with one piece of actionable advice to take with them for the rest of their life, what would it be for you? Hi. I mentioned the book Purpose Your Own Life, and the first sentence of the book is really key. I'm letting you guys think of it. <laughs> so the first sentence of the book is this. It's not about you. At the end of the day, life is not about us. It's about the impact we can make, the difference we can make, how we can serve yeah. others. So we've talked a lot about travel. We've talked about making money online and uh, you yeah. know seeing the world and seeing the amazing wonders like the pyramids and the Great Wall of China, the Taj Mahal, uh, the Grand Canyon, Niagara Falls, the Eiffel Tower, the Roman Coliseum, the Sydney Opera House. You know, I could go on and on. 
there's that side of travel, but the bigger side of travel is the impact we can make in the world, right? So I recommend volunteering when you travel. We actually volunteer different orphanages when we travel. Uh, here in the Philippines, we're volunteering with an organization uh, who is one of the biggest NGOs, and I'm teaching the poor how to start their own businesses and become entrepreneurs. So we're helping with poverty alleviation. We're helping out at orphanages. Uh, we've stayed in different Mother Teresa or, or um, mission, missions of charity or, uh, organizations around the world as well. We've taught English, taught our crafts. So at the end of the day, my piece of advice is this, is like, uh, don't focus on yourself in terms of like, uh, why are you living on this planet? Focus on how you can impact, serve, and make a difference in life for others, because that's what uh, we really need. Uh, this great uh, saying, uh, don't ask what the world needs, ask what makes you. Hello? I'm alive. Be alive, make a difference, and change the world. Hello, can you hear me? I don't know why this Yeah, thing... yeah, so yeah. My, 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 my commission or challenge to people is don't just travel the world, but make it better while you're traveling it as well. Okay, thank you so much, Ricky. Yeah, I, I, sorry about the communication and the, uh, the, the connection. It's been a little weird, but you know, I, I do really resonate with what you're saying. And that's something that I'm definitely going to take with me throughout, the, throughout my travels and stuff, because you know, up until now, I hadn't considered the perspective of you know, going there to volunteer. But you know, now that I think about that, I think that really does fit into my mission and what I want to do. And I think for the listeners out there, I believe that they will find a lot of value in that as well. So I really hope that, you know, like me, all the listeners out there, they found, found a lot of value in this interview because the topic of being a digital nomad, it's kind of new now, but it's very interesting. And I think a lot of people will be happy in that life. So hopefully if you're, if you're stuck in your job or you're stuck in your life and you want something different, hopefully we gave you the tools and the starting point so that you can start doing that and experiencing the world because it's a great way to learn. It's a great way to earn and grow as a person. So you know, if you have any questions for me or Ricky, you know, don't hesitate to let us know. So Ricky, if the audience wants to find out more about you or get in contact with you, where could they do so? Yeah, so I'm known as the Daddy Blogger. I have a website called daddyblogger.com. If you're interested in the area of like fatherhood or marriage or family, you especially travel with young kids, that's my website for that. Uh, if you're uh, wanting to be a digital nomad, I have a whole uh, business around that. It's called Digital Nomad Mastery. I do coaching, consulting, I have a podcast, I got online courses, I have a, a annual virtual summit. Um, so if you're interested in being a digital nomad, check out digitalnomadmastery.com. And if you're interested in like uh, being a better dad or uh, learning about family travel, daddyblogger.com. Okay, thank you so much, Ricky. So for the audience out there, that's daddyblogger.com. If you wanna know more about his travels, being a digital nomad and specifically traveling with kids. And then if you wanna know more about being a digital nomad, you can figure out, you can check out the Digital Nomad Mastery. He has a podcast and he has coaching and consulting services. So I really hope that this episode was valuable for you guys. It was very, very valuable for me. And Ricky, I, I want to thank you. And I, and I really appreciate you coming on for my podcast today. It was a real pleasure. So thank you. Thank you. And uh, because we talk about languages, I'll say it in a few languages. So thank you. Merci beaucoup. And as they say here in the Philippines, Salamat. Thank you so much. I, I definitely have a few languages to learn, but you know, I think that'll wrap up the episode for now, guys. And until next time, we'll catch you guys on the next episode of the Da Vinci Mindset Podcast.